Trump keeps his promise, Biden keeps messing up, and our rights keep being trampled on. I'm Josiah Evertson, and this is The Glorious Rescue. The Glorious Rescue. Your one-stop shop, or hopefully I should say at least, to get all your daily dose of the news. We've talked about this, obviously we know this, in previous episodes, where we talked about the ability to, in one episode, maybe a couple times, a few different times per week, in a very brief episode, be able to condense all of the main headlines, the main day-to-day news, to be able to consolidate all of that negativity, all of the media bias as well, into just a few minutes per week, and then be able to also spend a good amount of time delving into deeper discussions, more eternal, maybe less pressing per se, or less immediate, but all the more important. Again, that is the goal here at The Glorious Rescue. I hope it's a goal that you agree with, and if you do, please continue to share. Share these episodes, maybe share a particular quotation or a particular topic or segment that you enjoyed, but just an overall sharing, whether it be on Instagram or your social media accounts or just person to person. If you do tag us on social media over on Instagram, please make sure to tag The Glorious Rescue. And we're going to jump right on into our very first story of the day, and that is one of Donald Trump keeping his promise. Donald Trump has recently had a good run with keeping his promises. I would say that a lot of promises were made, obviously, in the 2016 election, some that haven't yet been fulfilled, some that are being fulfilled. But I think that's generally the case of a lot of elections, right? A lot of promises made and not necessarily ill intentions, not necessarily trying to back off on those promises, but just maybe a lack of time, effort, resources, etc. in being able to fulfill those promises. Well, this one that I'm discussing now is a promise he made that I just recently talked about, I believe, in our last episode with him threatening to defund several several mainstream or large cities. When I say mainstream, I was referring to mainstream left, like radical left cities, New York City and all these different cities. And what he did, he stated he was going to begin cutting funding to cities that, or federal agencies, I should say specifically, that are promoting this critical race theory and all these different agendas. I'm not going to get too far into it. We don't have a lot of time here. But the precedent being set here is a very good precedent. It's not a federal coercion. This is not federal government over the states. This is a federal government reigning in and keeping an eye on and establishing oversight on its own federal agencies. We talked about the executive branch recently, how it's been set up as a unitary, strong, central federal government, specifically in the realm of the executive power. The other branches have more deliberation, but this branch is supposed to have more power, forceful power, quick power. And so it has the right to defund, fund, and work around these different types of situations because that's the whole point of the executive. It is actually a good precedent being set and one that I hopefully will see more of in the future, that Trump will use his executive power to rein in on executive agencies. That's what we need to see specifically in the church here in Santa Clara that I personally attend where we have the executive branch overruling the basic fundamental human rights. That would be another example where Trump needs to step in. But that's not the only recent thing that Trump has been doing well. Yes, he did this well, good action of oversight. But not only that, but he's actually running a good solid ad campaign. It is very rare to see Donald Trump 
doing well in the polls, or at least running a mildly or reasonably sensible type campaign. Well, he actually is, and this took me by surprise. It is a very good one, very helpful to his cause, and that is just one basically trashing Nancy Pelosi for her hypocrisy, her lies, her lack of leadership, her blaming of others, and you know, lack of responsibility. It is about a two or three minute ad where it basically shows Nancy Pelosi talking about the importance of wearing a mask all the time, her not wearing the mask, and then obviously not wearing the mask in the salon, talking about leaders taking responsibility for their actions and not blaming others, Nancy Pelosi giving all these hypocritical statements, and then the owner discussing going out of business. It is a very good solid ad campaign. Because again, what he needs to stick to is the crazy radical left. The hypocrisies, the lies, that is what is going to get him reelected. Here's a rather humorous note in regards to this story, and that is, over the past few days, angry salon customers peacefully protested at her house. And when I say this, I mean that they gathered in front of Nancy Pelosi's house, they put blow dryers and hair curlers and all these different things like on her front yard, in her tree. It is quite honestly hilarious. It's humorous. It's, sure, it's an immature high school prank, basically, right? But... None of them were salon owners or even salon workers. They were just the customers of the salon stores. That's how they describe themselves as reported. It says here, the report on behalf of these individuals stated that, quote, they've all described themselves as angry salon customers who want to get their nails and hair done. I think this is a great, grand, and witty way of doing this to make Nancy Pelosi obviously bring her to light as the hypocrite that she is. And then obviously promote the idea of opening businesses back up. I think it was a good move, a humorous move, and an enlightening move to a lot of people. On top of this, you have the San Francisco mayor, I believe it was, basically pardoning Nancy Pelosi, saying, well, yes, she may have gotten around the COVID enforcement, the mandate, but really, she's a hero. She is a hero because she has taken on the tyranny that is Donald Trump. And because Orange Man is always bad, Donald Trump is always bad, it doesn't matter that she was going against this government mandate. Because she's against Donald Trump, and that's more important. What is this? Not only is it the fact that, well, she is the elite. She is the upper class above all of us peasants. So therefore, she doesn't have to adhere to this. Not only that, but she is politically on the left. So therefore, she's completely exempt for the government mandate. She does not have to have this mandate enforced upon her because she's on the political left. Because she's opposing Donald Trump. Therefore, she's okay. But yet you have a church, churches all across California and across the nation, that are being forcefully shut down because of these exact same mandates. Why? Because most of the time, churches don't fall on that same side of the political aisle. So what's next on the agenda? Trump, Pelosi, and now Biden. We're just going to briefly talk about this. It's a good update, I would say, on the election, the upcoming 2020 election, the campaign trail, and all that. And that is most recently an interesting story on behalf of the Biden campaign in his Kenosha meetings. If you remember... Joe Biden is having a town hall, he did have a town hall event in Kenosha, Wisconsin, the same location where this Jacob Blake was shot by police officers. I want you to remember that President Trump was basically ripped up and down, raked over the coals for his desire to visit Kenosha. And yet Joe Biden is allowed when Joe Biden is the one who repeatedly for the past 47 years has stood against blacks, against minority groups, against women. His voting record proves that. And really the entire Democratic Party shows that. And Joe Biden has been that classic mainstream Democrat candidate. And so he's no different than the rest of them. Well, anyways, in this town hall event, something very interesting arose. 
And that was a woman who attended this. Her name was Porsche Bennett. And here is her quote. She said, quote, I'm just going to be honest, Mr. Biden. I was told to go off this paper, but I can't. You need the truth. And I'm part of the truth. What this is indicating is that the question and answer time is being hijacked or infiltrated somehow by the Biden campaign to plant the questions. They are literally giving the audience the questions to ask. She said, I know I'm told to go off of this paper, but I can't. It's basically implying that they are being told what to ask. Because again, the Biden campaign cannot really afford any more bloopers, any more mishaps on behalf of the Biden campaign. Biden has done this repeatedly, and he does it over and over again. His cognitive ability is being tested and trampled on, really, in, in the media. And so he cannot afford another one. So they're basically planting, it appears that they are planting questions, whether it be softball answers or ones that he can prepare for, to the candidate as he hosts these town hall meetings. Another thing that he stated, which no matter any type of preparation, no matter any type of question implanting that you do inside of a town hall event, Joe Biden will still somehow manage to slip over himself. And that is true with what he said as far as him giving us a history lesson. He gave us a history lesson about the inventor of the light bulb. Not the inventor that you think, the Thomas Edison. Because Thomas Edison was white. No, he did not invent the light bulb. He says in the town hall event, quote, people fear that which, that which is different. By the way, yes, I'm saying that accurate. That is what he stated. People fear that's which, that which is different. Why, basically, don't we teach history in history classes? A black guy invented the light bulb, not a white guy named Edison. Yes, this is literally being stated by a presidential candidate right now in the United States of America. A presidential candidate stating that it was not Thomas Edison who invented the light bulb. I don't know what kind of history or revision this is. Really what it was is it was just a largely and predominantly black audience. And so that statement catered to that audience. That's basically what it was. I know I'm being very matter of fact, but I don't see any other way around it. It's him manipulating, or at least attempting to manipulate, making a fool of himself trying to manipulate, but manipulating nonetheless the audience to garner support. It's again another example of history revision that we've talked about on the show to support your own agenda. So now that in today's episode we've talked about things that aren't so sturdy, Nancy Pelosi's honesty, her transparency with her constituents, not so sturdy, presidential candidate Biden's cognitive ability, not so sturdy, we're going to jump into something that is more sturdy, the Constitution of the United States in this segment of the founding era. For this segment of the founding era, welcome to this segment, by the way, we're going to talk about something that seems to be a little less controversial, something that you would think would be more obvious. So for that, we're going to hop into more amendments. Over the past few weeks, we've been talking about ever so often our amendments, our Bill of Rights, and we've been going through amendment by amendment, starting obviously with the first, we've done the second. Today, we're going to kind of compile three, four, and five. They kind of go similarly, and we're going to compile them and give a brief application. This will be a little bit shorter of an episode, wrap it up quickly. I guess you could just say this episode was a little bit more of a Labor Day special where we're just going to briefly touch those headlines like we normally do, spend a couple minutes talking about these amendments, and then wrap it up quickly. So again, Amendment 3, 4, and 5. Amendment 3 is the amendment 
that guarantees our right to not have to forcefully quarter soldiers in our own homes. The Fourth Amendment is the right of ours to be secure, quote, in our persons, houses, papers, and effects. The right against unreasonable searches and seizures. The idea of arrest warrants and you have to obtain a warrant, search warrants and things like that. And then the Fifth Amendment, obviously we know as pleading the Fifth, that we cannot be forced to answer or testify against ourselves, basically, and that we have due process of law. We cannot be compelled in any criminal case to be a witness against ourselves. And then the idea of eminent domain. So quite a bit to unravel. At first glance, it looks like quite a bit in summary, but really we're going to briefly summarize it and talk about the application, how it really is very similar in many different ways. What all of these rights boil down to and what really obviously all of our rights boil down to, the Bill of Rights, is the idea of us being free of government overreach, government coercion, that the government is not set up to be ahead over us, to trample on us, to trample out our liberty, but rather an accompaniment a governmental ordinance, a social politic coming together to protect our rights. So the third amendment, again, is the amendment that states, quote, no soldier shall in time of peace be quarantined in any house without the consent of the owner, nor in time of war, but in a manner to be prescribed by law. So the idea of no executive order, we know that the military is run by the executive branch, and so an executive order cannot quarter soldiers in our houses. It would have to be through legislation, through the legislature, whom we elect, an elected body, through much deliberation. That's only in time of war, in time of peace, only the consent of the owner. So it's like the idea of privacy, privacy in our home, privacy and security from the government in our own home. The Fourth Amendment being, quote, the right of the people to be secure in their persons, houses, papers, and effects against unreasonable searches and seizures shall not be violated and no warrants shall issue but upon probable cause supported by oath or affirmation and particularly describing the place to be searched and the persons or things to be seized. This one sounds a little bit more complex grammatically, but really when you boil it down phrase by phrase, it's very simple. The idea that we cannot be forced to give up our persons, houses, papers, effects. It can't just be unreasonably searched, unreasonably seized by the government unless there is given a search warrant, an arrest warrant, or a, a warrant, basically, given because there is probable cause supported by an oath, a judge, with a specific place, a specific person, and a specific thing that is to be searched and then seized. So very specific. Again, our privacy. And then the fifth, kind of the privacy of our own lips. We cannot be forced to testify against ourselves, forced to be compelled in a criminal case to be a witness against ourselves. And then here, quote, nor be deprived of life, liberty, or property without due process of law. These are all very similar here. The idea that government has not been set up to rule over us, to trample out our liberty. Again, I just want to reinforce that. But only here to protect our rights, not to decide what is a good and bad application of our rights, not to decide how we ought to and how we ought not to exercise our rights, but solely set up to protect our God-given rights. And these are just more rights of ours, that we cannot be forced to give up our papers, forced to allow ourselves to be unreasonably searched or items to be seized, to testify against ourselves, to house soldiers in our own homes, because the government is not above us. It is to protect our rights. That is the main driving force of all three of these amendments, amendments that we will continue to discuss here at The Glorious Rescue.
in rights that are fundamental to human life, fundamental to human liberty, and fundamental to human happiness. The reason why they ought to be protected by our government. Unfortunately, we just have a government at this time, many different sectors of the government, that does not see that as their duty. They see the duty to, again, force what they think is right or wrong upon us. And while they continue to do that, we will continue to herald out the truth, share the truth, and study the truth. We'll be back here on Friday with all of the latest. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm Josiah Evertson, and this is The Glorious Rescue.